Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. He came, we saw, and the place went bonkers. Yes, Joe Biden in the Northeast. Yesterday, Carlingford and Dundalk. What a momentous day for this neck of the woods. It was unbelievable. And even the weather didn't dampen the spirits. Isn't it great to say? We're well used to it here in Ireland. Anyway, let's reflect on Joe Biden's time in the Northeast yesterday evening. Anne Quinn was with us yesterday. She is a cousin of Joe's. She's principal of Gale School, Dundalgan. And I didn't mention yesterday, she's a renowned chorister at St. Joseph's in Dundalk. Anne, welcome back to the show. Thank you very much, Sherry. Well, you were in the Windsor last evening. Did you get in in time for us off? Let's set the scene. Yes, we did. We were there about five o'clock. We were told to be there for half five, so we thought we'd be there early, as you would like to be. Uh, we queued up for a while outside, and we were taken into... Well, first of all, we had to go through security, and it was proper security, but scanners and mobile scanners, all that kind of thing, went through your handbag, you know, the usual. Mm. And then um, we were brought into a kind of a holding bay, if you like to call it that, where we were COVID-tested, and we weren't allowed to move from there until the test was negative for 15 minutes we had to stay there so um, after that and we were free to go upstairs we did so and we were upstairs for a little while and then we were called back down where there were seats laid out facing where Joe would come in um, to the podium so we were there for some time and we were watching the threads coming from uh, down the town and where he was and how far away he was and that kind of thing and then the big moment came, a huge entourage of his um, security briefing and reporters, all of that came in before he did, and he was finally then introduced and he came in. Uh, Michal Martin spoke for a short while and then introduced the president. The president took to the podium and he had his speech and uh, then he went on walkabout and spoke to many people Great. along the way. Did you get a chance to shake his hand? Absolutely. And, uh, but he gives so much of his time to everybody. You yes. know, he's not yeah. one of these who's just, you know, I'd say the security um, people are, he, he must be a nightmare for them because he just stops so long with everybody. And I'm sure they're trying to keep to a schedule and all yeah. of that. But it's very difficult because he wants to speak to people. Mm. Uh, he has an amazing stamina, uh, you know, to, he's able to switch from statesman to family friend almost and speak to everybody and meet everybody where they're at which is a skill in itself and it's wonderful to watch somebody Mm. who has been doing this all his life and he does it so well and you know you had met him before what did he say to you did you say to him did you exchange greetings what happened I, I, and I said that I'd met him before, which, you know, really, he'd meet so many people. Yes. He couldn't remember that he met me yeah, before. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, he he has things that he says, you know, and he said, um, 
yeah, it's lovely to meet you again and it's so nice to be home and this kind of thing, you know. So, mm. And then to different age groups, he said different things. And it just depended on who he was speaking to. But uh, no, he's very well able to talk now, no doubt about it. Mm. Interesting what you said there about the COVID test, wasn't it? That's something I never thought of, to be honest with you. Yeah, well, look, I suppose it puts everybody's mind at ease and, you know, I suppose you have to realise, you know, his advanced years, if yes. you like. And a crowd of, of people gathered, it could be a, mm. a problem. Yeah. And and you know that moment, as you say, he, w- he was delayed. Of course, many things delayed him. The weather, he couldn't fly yeah. up. They had to go by road. We, we, yeah. I was following it myself closely on the television there. And, uh, you know, when, when that moment came that you knew he, he was approaching, I'm sure you could feel the, the, the you know, the lift in the place as he, as he came in. Yeah, absolutely. It was like that. It's just that pop of a moment and he just comes in and even though his entourage had come through before him he still knew this is it now he's coming and everybody just burst into an applause and mm. delighted to see him you know you were in a very select group weren't you in the Windsor you know well yes there were, but I mean there were community groups represented as well um, the county councillors there were politicians both local and uh, at county level a number of other representatives that we didn't meet everybody who was there, if you know what I mean. Mm. But um, there were quite, quite a, a, a mixture of people uh, from different walks of life who were, were there as well. Yeah. So he went then and my word, he was so at home, I felt. You know what I'm mm. saying to you as, as he went about? He was there, was, there was a joy about him, wasn't there? Absolutely. And I don't think it's fake that he's delighted and he says that he's delighted to come home and I think the visit to Loud and it will be the same no doubt in Mayo their personal visits the visit to Dublin of course is, is political as is mm. Belfast but the, the visit to Loud and to Mayo is a, is a personal visit and I think that comes across very strongly in what he has to say and the way he speaks to people Yeah and, and I, I concur with what you say there his stamina his ability to you know what I mean move from one situation to the next from generations you know diff people Absolutely. of different ages it's, you know it's, it's something else and with that entourage and those security people you saw it at first hand right round them all the time Yes, and, you know, when he was coming to leave, you know, they have to leave a passageway free to the entrance door that I suppose they could take him out if there was some happening or whatever. They were really trying to hold people back and everybody was very respectful of that. But when he was coming back to go out, he was still stopping and talking to people again, you know. Mm. And Hunter was beside him trying to move him along, you know, because... I'm sure they have a, a schedule to stick to and all of that, but the security uh, guys must be absolutely freaking out at that point, I'm <laughs> yes, sure. Yes, You see, he is so personable and he wants to make that connection with everybody and he does it in his own way and at his own pace. I know what you're saying. They're probably saying, Joe, come on, come on, come on, we need to get moving on here. But look, at he wanted to press as much flesh as he could and absolutely. say hello to so many people. Oh, and it's great. Well done to you. I'm delighted that you were there and you were able to meet him in person greet him and shake his hand and that as well it's wonderful yeah
was wonderful. Yeah. And and you, the the singing I mentioned. You know what I mean. Maybe someday that's the next thing for you to do a bit of a performance for maybe with the no, voice. No, no, you mentioned the word choir, and that means you sing in a group of people, <laughs> not on your own. <laughs> oh no, I hear you have a sweet voice, and you're a sweet singer. There's no doubt about that. Anyway, you're great. Thank you so much for taking time uh, to join me on the show yesterday and again today, Anne. Not at all, Jerry. Take, Take care of yourself. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That's Anne Quinn there, principal of Gail Skull Dundalgan, who met her cousin Joe in the Windsor last evening. Another business in Dundalk that are really, I'm sure, on cloud nine today is McAteer's The Food House. And I'm delighted to say Bobby Wayne is with me. Hello, Bobby. Hey, Jerry. How are you keeping? I'm keeping really well. Don't ask me. We all want to know how ye are today. Oh, I'm just busy trying to climb off this cloud at the moment. I'm afraid the long drop it's going to have, but <laughs> unbelievable. You know, I mean, you can just imagine the surreal, the surreal side of it was phenomenal because the build-up for the past week was crazy because we were supposed to, we were supposed to do the Windsor event in the food house, mm. and it was getting 50 people, 100 people, 120, and it was becoming too much with all the press. So we thought we were going to be dropped, and mm. you know, look, we, we would have been disappointed, but that's fine. But the, the team said, no, no, we don't want to drop you at all. We want him to come in here. He needs to come in and talk about doggies. It's a big thing about him. So I think talking about Dundalk Dog Rescue was a big part of it coming in, you know. Oh, uh, well done to you. And, you know, I, I've, I was watching, I see the pictures today all over the place on social media, <laughs> across media as well. My God, you couldn't buy this publicity, could you, Bobby? Jerry, between talking, you wouldn't believe. Japanese ra- TV and radio last night, we had to talk with late at night. We had to talk to a, a European uh, radio station in France. I, we've been talking to people from Cork Radio to National Radio and to yourselves, and it's go on all day. It's just, it's just one of those things, I guess, that we, we, we didn't know that all that side of it would come on, but it, it was just incredible atmosphere, incredible buzz, and he got such a kick out of it. He, he got such a kick of you know, people coming out in the rain in the streets to see him. He said, mm. who'd be out to come out in this weather? To, you know, and... Just amazing, but he, 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 as I say, his love of dogs is phenomenal, and yeah. I think he's even his Secret Service. We were, he was halfway down through our shop, and I, I could hear the Secret Service saying together, um, "Okay, we're moving posters, we're moving posters now towards the front." And I, I'm not me in my head says, "No, no way, no way." I need to talk to him about the dogs, so I put my arm around him. I said, "Joe, I hear you have a rescue dog in the White House." Do you want to come down here and we talk about dogs? Uh, and he, that was it. And I could hear the shuffle of the secret service. Oh, he's moving. No, he's moving the other way. He's going down the back. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you'll be on the Christmas card list this year for sure, Bobby. You will indeed. But uh, spotters on the roof and spotters on the roof and White House down and the Russians are invading. It was just all that surreal craziness. It was wonderful. And, and and just to tell our listeners, you are a volunteer director of Dundalk Dog Rescue. It's current chairman, and of course, you've just been involved in a wonderful uh, project, providing uh, a new building and centre for for the, for the uh, rescue uh, there in Dundalk. Um, a genuine. I was talking a moment ago to Anne Quinn, his relative, and the, the the man is such a genuine man. And I'm sure you got that when you were talking to him about the dogs. It was, as I say, it was. It was just like talking to a fantastic uh, older customer. He was just wonderful. And, you know, the, the, the talk was our talk. It wasn't, you know, there was nothing political. And I didn't, I was, uh, look, I, I had Michal Martin on the other side of me as well. And look, I could have turned around and directed, look, the reason why we had to build the centre is because our policies aren't working as far as 
you know, dog relation, you know, and everything else. And, you know, but I didn't want to, I didn't want to go there too heavily. Yes. But what it did, did he knew, he knew that we got married last December after being together 25 years, myself and Jerome. And he said, I hear you did something very special at your wedding. And, we said, oh, and Jerome just jumped in and said, well, we, we raised 25,000 at our wedding for the rescue. He just grabbed the two of us and gave us the biggest bear hug. And he said, you know what that means? He said, that's just amazing. He said, and, you know, you could sense it, a phenomenal doggy person. And, you know, that's what we got from him, somebody who loved animals. He couldn't get over. I told him, I told him, I said, do you know what the people of Dundalk have done? Do you know what they did for us over five years? They helped us raise 550000 He literally two steps back. He couldn't believe that what people in Dundalk had done for Dundalk Dog Rescue, you know? Mm. And, um, and that's just the amazing side of it, that we've got that kind of following and support. And, you know, like I had his team in this morning, their online team and everything. I've never twitted or tweeted in my life. I'm bad enough with <laughs> Facebook and Instagram. <laughs> they had to set up, they had to set up the Dundalk Dog Rescue, reactivate a Twitter account because POTUS was in and POTUS wanted to use a tweet with it. And, oh my God, you're going... And then it opens up all these doors and people messaging you, you know, who they're from. And it's just, oh, you know, you're trying to grab everything and we want, we want to. And I, as I say, Jerry, the focus for us, look, was wonderful to come in and see the staff. He was incredible with my special needs staff as well, Connor and, and, and Henri. And it, he, he, he just made it. He, every, he went up to every single member of staff. He grabbed me head chef, who's from Latvia, and gave her the biggest bear hug as well. And, you know, and it's just, it was just fantastic for somebody to come in and be that sensitive and close and mm. obviously the politician that he is but it's it, yeah it, we won't come off this cloud for no me. I'm just thinking here hey you know what keep this with you now this is in your pocket in all your back pockets <laughs> this feeling this wonderful lift you've all got Bobby and you must carry that forward which I know you I certainly will but it just showed you he was well briefed on you your your personal situation the dogs etc and when you think about it look at all the people he met from morning till night yesterday and you know he has this retention this ability as well to know when he's in the company of people what buttons to press etc but look just in terms of your business um, you're, you're a deli there and uh, you know did, did he you didn't think of feeding him or giving him anything or did he ask for anything but he's probably fed and watered yeah. anyway was he but see up, up up until 12 hours beforehand the past three days we had multiple menus we had all sorts of things going on right. we thought we were feeding 20 then 40 then 50 and then we then yesterday morning and late on Monday or Tuesday I don't know what night I have now Monday night it changed that the Windsor was going to take the main the main broadcast event with uh, with, 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 with Michal Martin and but I said, OK, are we out? No, 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 we, we want to come into you still. So we, we knew that ours was going to be downscaled a bit. So we kind of felt that we could have fun here. Yeah, yeah. That's what it meant we didn't have to have all the speeches. I could sit down and chat to him and talk to him about dog rescue. He was telling about his dogs that he has rescued in the White House. Like, he's the first president to ever have a rescue dog in the White House, mm. you know? Mm. Um, you know, and then we came up, we talked about gifts. Like, I was walking, I had a pile of dogs trekking in Whitestown Beach um, last, late last week. And when we, we already had the nod that this might happen. So I collected all a pile of pebbles from Whitestown Beach because his ancestors are buried in the grave behind. And I collected the weeds from it, the foliage from the beach. And one of, the, one of our great uh, girls who, who makes personalised framed cards for us, we, she took the stones and took the, took the little bit of weeds and everything else and created this amazing rock stone figurines of, of, um, of, her, of President Biden and his wife and wife Jill. And the picture of the White House and uh, Lily Finnegan's and down the right. And, uh, and we presented that to him and he was just blown away 
But I also had a medal. I look. I, I my ancestry is, is 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 the Beckett family, and my mother was a Beckett. Her first cousin was Samuel Beckett, the writer, and my grandfather was an Olympic swimmer and a national swimmer. And I have a pile of his beautiful old vintage from the 1920s gold, 18 karat gold medals with the beautiful shamrock all over it. So I, I just felt the other night, I want to give him one of these. And I, I said, what? I thought it was too much. I didn't know. And I said, look, I, I, said, I said, Joe, I have something I'd love to give to you. I don't think you need the luck, I, you know, of what's coming with you next year. But I said, I'd love to give you a bit of a shamrock. And he thought I was going to open a box and give him a live bit of shamrock. And when he saw the gold medal, he took a step back and he said, oh, Bobby, that's beautiful. I can't take that off you. I said, look, I have another one. But I'd love you to have it. It would be an honour for me if this went to the White House and gave you a bit of luck. And he said, well, i tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to put this into a box. Now, he took it and put it into his pocket. With another gift that were taken out by security and took it out the door. He took the medal and put it into his pocket. And he said, I'm going to wear this with pride and I'm going to keep it in the Oval Office. And when I'm finished with the presidency, I'll send it back to you. Oh, what a story. Yeah, wasn't that just brilliant? That an old vintage medal from the 1920s from a swimmer in Ireland is now going to be sitting in the Oval Office and reflecting some sort of moment of coming into the food house in Clambrassel Street. You know, it was just, just brilliant. Bobby, brilliant. you are a natural storyteller. I mean, surprised with that DNA that you carry with you from those people you mentioned a moment ago. Ah, uh, look, delighted for you. What a, what a day. What a, what a time what a in your life. What a memory that will be with you forever. And it's just wonderful. It really is to ah. hear the, the, the uplift and the joy and what he's yeah. done for so many people in that short visit into the town of Dundalk yesterday. And of course, Carlingford beforehand. Look, you're fantastic. Uh, delighted that you join me today really do appreciate it because I know you're in demand all over the world as you said so it's great to have you with us on LMFM radio this afternoon Bobby good on you good luck to everybody there and listen folks if you're passing by go in and say hello to the McAteers the food house uh, in the heart of Dundalk well done to you Bobby LMFM was our number one I'm telling you it's all about local and that's what it is and if it wasn't for the people of Dundalk we wouldn't have a rescue and I'm I'm forever thankful for what they've done for us Ah you're great you're great indeed my god that gold medal in the White House I'm even here contemplating it already and thinking all about it good on you Joe good on you Bobby a bit of Dundalk at the heart of world power thank you for joining me Thanks, Jerry. Take care. Take care yourself. Bye-bye. Bobby Wayne there. What a man. From McAteer's The Food House. Short break. Back in a moment. Award-winning jeweller Garrett Mallon from Carlingford received the commission from Loud County Council to create a bespoke handmade gift for President Joe Biden to mark his historic return to County Loud. And I'm delighted Garrett is joining me today. Hi, Gareth. Hello, Jerry. How are you doing? Well, may I? Well, I'm not at all delighted. May I say to you, what a beautiful gift you created. I'm looking at the pictures here. Have been uh, since they uh, uh, came out. It's simply beautiful. T- tell our listeners what what you made. Um, well, I made a pair of cufflinks, and they were inspired by the stony shores of Carlingford Lock, um, where where Joe Biden's ancestors left the shores hundreds of years ago. Um, so. They were made in sterling silver and nine carat gold. Um, so on on the piece itself, um, there were little gold balls which represent the stony shores, mm. and then there's the sort of a sand effect in the background. And they sort of they were made in that iconic um, torque design. Mm. So yeah, well well chuffed. So I am. Yeah, I'm sure so you are. Honor, lovely honour. Oh, what a, what an honour. The Cluckian Collection, they're known as. Cluckian Little Stones. 
Little stone or pebble. Yes. Pebbles, yeah. Oh, uh, that, 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 that's what the, the shorelines of Carlingford are yeah. quite stony mm. oh so, they're uh, beautiful the contrast of the gold and that as you say the design in the background on the sterling silver they are simply simply beautiful and they're bespoke they're unique nobody else will have a pair like it in the world only the president no, no only the president yeah I, I know it's a, it's, a, it's a nice thing to say <laughs> it is a really nice thing to say w- when was he presented with them um, he was presented uh, in uh, the Windsor. In right. The okay, um, he got them last, there la- la- last night. Yeah, I, I, I wasn't at the event now myself, but uh, um, it was. Uh, I was. I was delighted that the Louth County Enterprise um, or Louth County Council um, gave me the chance to be the the person that commissioned them for him. Mm. So um, I want to say thank you to them. Uh, so the past, I'm just I'm just waiting to, to see the picture of him wearing them. Yes, <laughs> yes, and I'm sure he will be wearing them and wearing them with pride because you know it's coming from the place of his ancestors and made by a brilliant uh, man like yourself that he uh, he'll treasure he'll, he will treasure uh, for all time. But look, they trusted you. You mentioned the council and the enterprise people. They trust you because you're brilliant, Gareth. I, well, actually, the the council and the the enterprise board as well have been very uh, have been very good to craftspeople down through the years. Yeah. Um, so they 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 know us well. So they they know our track record. <laughs> yeah, sure. And uh, your track record, mentioning that you've designed for the great and good besides the president. Yeah, down through the years, yeah, I've uh, I've I've had a few commissions. Now, um, I I would have made um, cufflinks for. Our own president, Michael Michael D. Um, when he started his voyage with um, with Ireland, um, I made I made voyage cufflinks for him. So he was starting his journey, mm. um, um, and I also made uh, Mary McAleese's going away gifts when oh. she when she was leaving office. Lovely, lovely. You see, you have presidential form, I have to say, uh, Gareth. The (laughs) other thing, I'm sure, uh, you know, you want to see him wearing them. And then, you know, as I mentioned a minute ago to Bobby Wayne uh, from McAteers there, like, this is just a wonderful endorsement for you. And when people come visiting, you will be, you know, and I'm sure you're going to make hay with this. I designed the gift for Joe in County Louth. Yeah, and and it's funny. Um, even last night while I was sleeping, um, I had people from America on on buying uh, my product online because they 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 had seen that they were presented, and uh, because I had put it up last night, and uh, I had people from the states already buying. There you go. You see the power, the power of power, yeah, yeah, making for Joe simply, simply wonderful. I'm delighted to hear that because that's what it's all about as well. Uh, Carlingford yesterday when he was there and looking at all the TV pictures coming in and that and listening to everybody, he loved every minute of it, didn't he? Yeah. Oh no, it was a, it was a great day. There was loads of excitement around the village. Um, the weather was atrocious. Um, we all got absolutely soaked, um, and the sun is shining today. <laughs> yes, ah, sure. Sure, that's Ireland for you, Garrett. Sure, we yeah. can, we can. It'd be a great little country if you could roof it, as um, people said in yeah. the past. You know what I mean? But you can't. But you're, and and and, and as well, uh, President Biden, he was very clear about it. He understood. He said, you know, this is Ireland. <laughs> this yeah. is uh, yeah. this is what happens here. You don't come here for uh, thirty degrees and uh, sun, sea, and uh, all the oh, the you, other stuff. You, you know, dress accordingly. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. So there you go, a pep in your step today as well. There has to be, Gareth. 
Oh, totally, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. Great honour. Great honour now. Um, Wonderful. uh, Wonderful. And uh, I encourage people to have a look at what Garrett designed. You can see them there. They're up all over the place. Give him a shout if you're down Carlingford Way. He'd love to see you. He has a a unique range of uh, product there in his shop. And you can check him out, GarrettMallon.com. Yeah, and it's just in my my shop, it's not just, it's not just, my product. I have work from yes. over a hundred makers from all over Ireland. Brilliant. Um, and yeah. the, the ethos of the shop is that it has to be made, made on the island. Ah, good on you. You're from great. An, from Antrim to Cork. Absolutely. You have it all right. But remember, drop in from in Carlingford in County Loud. Garrett, congratulations. Thank you. Thanks, man. Enjoy. Talk to you again. Take care of yourself. That's Garrett Mallon there who designed the cufflinks for President Biden. You're at Late Lunch on LMFM Radio. I want to give a big shout out to Pat Grimes from Phillipstown. I'm a little bit late. I know they wanted it slightly earlier, but it wasn't possible. Anyway, I hope he's still listening to us. He's in for his dinner, I'm told, coming up to two o'clock. So he's probably had a late lunch. Hopefully he's had a late lunch on the table and is listening to one as well today. He's the big 60, the big 6-0 oh, today. Happy birthday, Pat. Love from all of the family and the family want to say that everyone that knows Pat when you're passing the house honk the horn today so I'd say there'll be plenty of honking going on down Phillips Town Way happy birthday have a great one Pat congratulations to you now news uh, earlier in the week that the Devonish lands at Dowd uh, I'm talking about Dowd Hall etc are going on the market the places to be sold but there is concern because you may or may not know that it sits within the Bruna Bonia UNESCO World Heritage Site area and I'm delighted to say a very good friend of ours on late launch well he is a renowned expert in this whole field Anthony Murphy is back with us on the show today welcome back hello Jerry um what do you make of the news are you concerned um concerned from the point of view that Devonish have done great work there you know, I mean, what Devonish have done at Douth Hall is the model of private ownership of world-class archaeology. So, I mean, if people aren't familiar with the story of Douth Hall under Devonish, um, Douth Hall is a large farm. It's mostly grassland. Uh, it covers 180 hectares, uh, so over 400 acres. It's in the UNESCO World Heritage Site of Brunabonia. It's a considerable part of it. It contains a serious amount of archaeology, a lot of it Neolithic, in other words, dating to that time from around 5,000 to 4,500 years ago. Very precious archaeology. And in the course of their time there, in addition to doing the research they were doing on the farm, Devonish invested a huge amount in the archaeology. So the big, I suppose the big headline to emerge from all of that was in 2018, when it was announced that they discovered that the house had actually been built, Douth Hall had been built on top of passage tombs. And those passage tombs were excavated, um, which was a fascinating revelation. Mm. Something of an eerie revelation, actually, if you think about it. Mm. You know that in the 18th century, uh, they'd built a house and and knowingly were were building it on top of, you know, this uh, ancient uh, stone structure. Thankfully, enough of it survives that Kleena uh, Nyilunon, the lead archaeologist there, has been able to sort of disentangle uh, that complex web of archaeology to tell us something of the story. It would appear to be something along the lines of Newgrange and Douth in terms of uh, the fact that it has megalithic art and large curbstones and that sort of thing and uh, two, two internal passages or chambers. Um, a fascinating uh, story. 
Um, so from the point of view of the, the thing being for sale, yeah, uh, the, con- the only concern would be that, you know, with Devonish leaving uh, is, well, what's going to happen to it, you know? Yeah. Now, I want to make something clear, Jerry, because people have been commenting on my social media over the last couple of days. You know, th- th- there is this concern that archaeology in private ownership, um, you know, isn't necessarily a good thing. But I don't think people understand that actually 90, probably 95 percent of all Irish archaeological sites are on privately owned farmland. Mm. Very little of the land is state owned. Mm. Um so uh, they are afforded statutory protection and actually that protection is much greater in the UNESCO World Heritage Site. I mean, people who live uh, in the bend of the point know this, that there are very onerous conditions attaching to any development. Mm. You can't put a spade in the ground at Brunabonia without the say-so of National Monument Service and the proper archaeological licensing and all that. So there is protection there, but I suppose in 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 the wake of what Devonish have done, you'd always be saying, you know, well, what what's going to happen next? Is mm. somebody going to buy the whole property and come in there and just fence it off? And that's the end of the story. And I'd hate to see that personally. You know, I think Owen Brennan in particular of Devonish um, has a, a great personal interest yes. in the story of yes. the archaeology. And of course, from a, from a from I'm I'm not here to speak on their behalf, of course, but from a Devonish point of view, it fit perfectly with their story which is to do with farming. And the origin of farming, of course, is in the Neolithic. The people who built those tombs were among the first farmers in Ireland. Mm. So that's a beautiful story in itself, you know. Yes, it's... You're right, Owen, and he was here. He's joined me on a, a number of occasions and his passion for it and, you know, his guidance of it has been just tremendous. And they've taken it to a point where... You know, there are, there is concern, and and I you know I know, I know you've said you've had a lot of comment on your own social media. I've been looking at that too and elsewhere. But look, let me ask you this: Is there a role for the state, or perhaps a number of states, because there's interest beyond these shores as well, in terms of funding in in you know buying this place for the people? Well, that would appear to be. I I I mean, I didn't do a a poll as such. And I couldn't say whether it's a majority of opinion, but certainly a lot of people are saying, why doesn't the state buy it? Why doesn't the state step in? Um, and so here would appear to be a tremendous opportunity for that to happen. Now, I'm speaking as, an, you know, an independent researcher. I'm, you know, I, I run Mythical Ireland. I, I have a personal interest in all of this. Mm. I, I certainly think that that's, that should be explored as an option because... How often does a large parcel of land within a UNESCO World Heritage Site come on the market? You know, now, if you look at, uh, so I suppose if people are wondering, what's the difference between private ownership and state ownership? Mm. Well, in the hands of the state, first of all, you have, uh, I suppose, some sort of a guarantee of investment in the improvement uh, not that you know there isn't much improvement to be done uh, at Douth Hall all of that has happened under Devonish um, but certainly in terms of public access so I would look at the Old Bridge Estate you know the Battle of the Boyne yes. as the model actually of how state ownership can work for the benefit of the people so you can go there and you can explore the landscape of the Battle of the Boyne. Uh, you can participate in the many events that take place out there, reconstructions, for instance. You can go in and visit the visitor centre and get a, a good impression of, you know, what happened during the Battle of the Boyne and in that era. 
But then don't also forget that it's used as an amenity by people. It's 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 I always say that Old Bridge is like Drogheda's Phoenix Park. You know, it's just on our doorstep. A lot of people walk out along the ramparts, along the boardwalk or take a quick drive out and park there and take a lap of the lands, you know, a two or three mile walk or whatever it happens to be. And it's the most beautiful thing. Now, imagine that being the scenario at Douth Hall where you're walking among ruins that are up to 5,000 years old. Douth Hall runs down to the, the Boyne. It is a beautiful landscape. It's really, really beautiful. Also, uh, I would highlight, for me, what is the pièce de résistance, as it were, is the henge at Douth, the embanked henge of Douth. Site Q, it's labelled on the maps uh, somewhat uh, ingloriously. It, it is among the top three examples of such a monument on this island. It's it's a fabulous insight into that era of the late Neolithic when they were building ma- massive amphitheatre-like monuments, you know. Um, and one of the reasons that we've been able to sort of stand in that monument is because Devonish had se- on several occasions opened up the lands to the public. And I remember actually taking part in a summer solstice festival there and we were playing with the brass band and there was food and there was entertainment and it was a glorious sunny summer's day um, and I'm just thinking about you know the possibilities of that down the line with state intervention um, and that's something that people don't understand in private ownership it is much more difficult partly for the reasons of insurance mm. you know that if a private owner comes in whoever they be um, and takes over they have an onus uh, when allowing the public to access the archaeology to make sure that the public are looked after and protected as best as possible. And indemnified. Well, the insurance is another thing, of course, you Mm. know, and that is a big issue. Mm. I mean, you have the likes of the the hunts, for instance. Um, I'm not sure if point-to-point racing was was in difficulty in recent times. Um, They staged a couple out there as well, you know. That's right. Um, Devonish brought point-to-point racing back Back. because there is an old race course Mm. on the lands. Mm. Um, Yeah, so I would say, like, it's obvious to an outsider that there's an opportunity there. However, there is an argument, and and I suppose people who are listening probably could sympathise with that to an extent. Why would the state want to invest? Now, the asking price... Uh, according to the Irish Farmers Journal, is somewhere between 10 and 15 million euros. Mm. Why would the state invest that much money? And remember that the house, Douth Hall itself, requires further intervention Mm. to bring it to a place where it might become something of a public uh, facility. Uh, Why would the state invest that money when we're in the middle of a housing crisis and Mm. there are people who can't rent or buy a home? Now, the other side of that coin is that, well, you could make the argument then to, 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 to strip funding from various aspects of public life to channel into housing. Mm. But uh, I would say, and I have s- said in the past, that in fact, uh, I, I would consider archaeology and heritage to be underfunded in this country. You know, it's... Uh Damned if you do, damned if you don't, you know, and you're right, you know, the the housing crisis is a major, major crisis, but other things have to be addressed as well. And and this is a significant uh, time because, you know, when will it? 
come on the market again. You know, you know, we don't know whoever buys this. Starting, as you said, at 10 million, from 10 million upwards, who knows what it will fetch. Have you any gut feeling? Do you have, have you heard the, the bongos rattling anywhere to say that the state is even looking at this? Uh, well, no, I, look, you know, Jerry. at the at the end of the day, I'm, I'm still a journalist, always have been, mm. always will be. So I maintain good contacts and sources. Uh, my sources tell me that, yes, there, there may be a conversation that will take place there. And I would hope that that would be the case, that that would be among the options. Now, I've no insight into Devonish uh, during their time at Douth Hall also bought uh, some extra land and they also bought uh, Netterville Manor. Mm. Uh, which comes with Douth Castle. Yes. Now, this is the, the ancestral home of the Nettervilles, who actually uh, came to Douth originally in the 13th century. I mean, within a century or so of the Anglo-Norman invasion of Ireland. Mm. And they owned the land there right down to the, at least the 19th century. So they were there for, I don't know, what what is that? Is that 600 years? Um, they bequeathed the castle and uh, in, in 1877 built the Netterville Institute for Destitute Widows and Orphans. Uh, and actually, John Boyle O'Reilly's father was the school teacher there in what is Netterville Manor. Now, look, I've no insight into, you know, what way the sale will go. I, I imagine that it'll be sold as one parcel. Mm. But I, I was thinking that Netterville Manor, for instance, uh, you know, if 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 a situation was to arise where there was maybe a splitting of parcels, that would make a tremendous base for some sort of a research institute based on the archaeology and the mythology of mm. the Brunabonia area, yeah. because there is literally enough material there, you know, to keep generations of scholars busy. And of course, Brunabonia has continued, as you know, over the last while to provide uh, new, fascinating new insights into the past with all the discoveries and revelations and all the science that's been going on there over the last, uh, well, we'll talk about the decade the Devonish have been there. Um, we've seen absolutely fascinating insights. Um, and uh, I was thinking, like, if I had deep pockets and I had the money, you know, I'd, I'd de- uh, um, Netterville, I think, would be a just a beautiful place to locate just such mm. an institute, you know, and uh, maybe invite scholars from around the world to come and participate in, say, um, symposiums or symposia um, to have a, a events there involving a public outreach where mm. the public can come and learn. Now, they already can do that because we have the Brunabonia Visitor Centre, of course, mm. which is a world class facility in which had major investment in 2019 of five million euros. It is a fabulous insight into the Boyne Valley. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. But uh, if you think about what the state actually owns at Bruna Bonia, it's people don't understand. It's three small fields. They own the field that Newgrange is situated in. They own the field that Nouth is situated yeah. in and they own the field that ne- that Douth is situated in. And that's in. it. And here's an opportunity for, for a 400 or plus acre uh, you know chunk of that uh, a precious very precious Brunabonia landscape. It's coming on the market in the next few days. The open market. Watch this space. I know you'll be watching with interest as well. We hear what you're saying. Let's hope um, the state has a uh, a look at this and considers it, considers it anyway. I think it'd be a, a really, really positive move. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much. You're fantastic. I could talk to you. I always say it when you're with me forever. Anthony Murphy, Mythical Ireland. Check him out. And uh, Dowd on the market. We'll keep an eye on this as the weeks, uh, etc. travel along. Thank you so much. Thanks See you again soon. Me, Jerry. You're welcome. Pleasure to be here. Florence and the Machine. Dog days are over. I think that song is meant to be I hope they're over this weather passes that we're having at the moment great song she's brilliant isn't she John you're very clever very perceptive John's been on to say listening to Anthony there Jerry uh, Dowd sounds like a really good investment especially when you see the price of the mobile in Clarehead yes <laughs> we saw it alright John a mobile home in Clarehead on the market for a, a snip at 495000 Euro. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. John, you're on the mark. Yes, I agree. I think uh, Dowd would be a wonderful investment for the state, but my card's on the table. But anyway, people a lot higher up than myself will make that decision. Back to Joe for a moment. Zoe Conway, hello again. How are you? Hello, Jerry. How's things? I'm really good. Well, tell us about the uh, performance for Joe well, there was a no-show for Joe, please. <laughs> a Joe no-show. <laughs> oh, well, we can't really blame him, I suppose, but I know that there were weather warnings yesterday and we were so excited to get the call to come and play for Joe when he was coming to County Loud. And then, of course, with the bad weather, the schedule changed and the helicopters were cancelled and they had to come down on the M1, as you know. Um, so it meant that the part that we were doing in the day to play fiddle and guitar for him was pulled so we didn't get to play so we're we're totally gutted Oh Zoe yourself and John lined up to play for the President of America (laughs) but there was a a two part to this story as well you were to play in Carlingford were you first yeah 
We were. So we were playing in Kilwara. It's a beautiful um, church ruins there on the Philly Peninsula with a gorgeous graveyard overlooking the sea. And actually that's where the grave of uh, Joe Biden's great, 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 I think, grandfather is. Ed Finnegan, you know, is the yes. name on the grave. And so we were supposed to be set up beside the grave. And of course, you know, with all the security and everything else, we we had it all timed out and we had it all planned and we practiced it and the whole lot, you know. But um, on the day then, that part was cancelled. And but because they knew we were so disappointed and they felt terrible as well, I have to say that, you know, the organisers, they were very sorry. And they said, look, come on into the Windsor in the evening mm. um, and the president will be there. It's a meet and greet and we'll see what happens and hopefully you'll get to play so we arrived into the Windsor and uh, that was amazing it was absolutely rammed with uh, all loads of politicians and people in business and uh, you know family and friends of Joe Biden were there as well and his entourage and it was absolutely heaving um, so we arrived in there and we had to fiddle on the guitar and of course it was tricky enough getting that, those in because of the CIA were there and they had to check everything and double check everything and check our names and scan the, you know it was like going into an airport that everything had to be scanned and all the rest so anyway we made it in and we had the instruments and all and then there were the speeches uh, from Ehal Martin and Joe Biden and then uh, he was coming into the front room he talked to everyone in there and then he was coming into the back room which is where we were and he, he kind of you know he didn't have that much time he just kind of stuck his head in and said hello to everyone and then he left and oh. we were like oh no we missed our opportunity <laughs> oh Zoe not jilted once but twice by the President of the United States oh our hearts go out to yourself and John my oh. God almighty but you were victims of service circumstances for sure exactly uh, and listen sure we're, we we were really honoured to have even been asked or to have our names on the list at all do you know it's yes. really really fantastic and the boost that it's given the county is just incredible you know yeah. and how it reverberates around the world it's just brilliant so ah, we wonderful. don't mind it's we're, wonderful. we're happy enough you're so gracious I have to say you really are but I'm going to make an appeal on your behalf today because the CIA are listening in <laughs> and his people are still listening in to us. So what I want to happen is next St. Patrick's Day Mr. President, we would like you to invite Zoe Conway and John McIntyre to the White House to play for you considering they were waiting in the cemetery for you, waiting in the winds or wouldn't it just be the real makey-oppy thing to invite them and have them play next St. Patrick's Day. Please, please on their behalf, please do it. Let it happen. Oh, you're, you're such a dough, Jerry. We would only love that. That'd be a bit of we have our own entourage then. <laughs> yes, but you never know. Let's hope it doesn't fall on deaf ears and somebody picks up on it. And I know you'd just be brilliant in the White House and again uh, represent us absolutely marvellously because you're fantastic. Anyway, I know you're under pressure in the UK today. I'll let you away there. Thank you so much for joining me. Oh, thank you very much, Sherry. Pleasure to talk to you. You too. Bye bye. The wonderful Zoe Conway there. Oh, talk about a bit of bad luck. It was like poor Michal Martin when he got his chance to go to the White House and present the shamrock and he got the COVID. Do you remember? He couldn't go to the White House and meet the main man. Oh, my God. Zoe and John would be brilliant because they have a bit of music in the White House when the occasion happens on ahead of the 17th of March each year. So, look, 
watch this space, as they say. Late lunch, LMFM Radio. Sinead Kelly, our vet, is with us next. If you have a question about your pooch, your pussy, your parrot, or anything else in your home, let us know now. Send it in to us, 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text. Back in a moment. A load of you-know-what Biden in Ireland, says a listener today. My brother-in-law, wife, and three kids meant to fly out yesterday at 6 o'clock. Didn't fly till 11 people walked off the plane. We're supposed to get on other flights from England and elsewhere, all due to the airspace restrictions. This country is a joke. Look, I don't mean to uh, smile when I read you. It's uh, tough if you're in that situation. But look, these things happen with important people. They close down airspace and it's just uh, part and parcel of things. Sorry for your troubles and your family's troubles yesterday, but I do hear what you're saying. Uh, she's waiting patiently for me. She's one of our esteemed regulars. Sinead Kelly, hello again. Hi, Jerry. How are you? I'm really good. Hope you're good too. Start with this one. It's just a general comment from myself to you first before I get into the questions. I was reading the other day that it's now more or less proven that children are less likely to have allergies if they're reared with a pet, Sinead, especially a dog or a cat. Yeah, no, that's true. There's a lot of scientific research out there that if you uh, grow up with animals, um, just that your immune system is a little bit healthier and you're less likely to, to develop allergies uh, as you're older. Um, I think it's just, I think the medical world has long recognised that uh, an immune system needs exposure to lots of different potential uh, triggers as, as it's developing and as it's, um, you know, as you're growing as a child. So, so certainly it's one of the many benefits of owning an animal, um, I think, is exposure to, to lots of different potential allergens and things like that and a little bit of muck and dirt and things like that is always yes. good it was like the old wives tale but there's definitely truth in that in yeah, that yeah. Um, if, if we bring I think anybody up in a very very sterile environment it's just not good for the immunity or the immune system to get used to things really mm, No and uh, good to hear you emphasise that as well let's head straight into the questions this one's come in from Liam um, will you ask Jerry please what's best uh, will you ask Sinead Jerry please what's best for a dog with bad breath uh, it's not dental related I'm currently trying Greek yogurt to see if it improves the gut health any other ideas says Liam Okay, so I'm a little bit intrigued. First of all, I'm presuming he's been to the vest to make sure that it's not, not related dental. to the teeth. Yes. Because certainly the most common cause of bad breath is uh, just a buildup of plaque and tartar on the teeth. And then you get some kind of bacterial infection at the border with the gums. So if he's happy that the teeth and gums are good, um, and if he's certain that the smell is coming from the breath, well, certainly you can try. A lot of it will relate to what they're eating, because essentially, like, like us, they will burp and they'll bring up some some kind of gas from, from their tummy. Uh, so some people talk about um, giving them activated charcoal. Um, you can get that from the pet shop or online. Uh, that helps to kind of absorb any of the gases in the tummy. Um, sometimes, if I would just, again, I would just urge them to be sure it's coming from the mouth because we'll always have a bit of a smell from a dog or a cat's mouth. And certainly my kind of uh, standards for what's bad breath is are, are my, my kind of uh, bar is a bit higher than others or lower than others. Um, because there'll always be a bit of a smell from, from dog and cat's breath. So I would just, first of all, say to, to the gentleman, just check with the vet. See, does the vet agree that it's the, it's the breath that smells? Um, if they're happy that teeth and gums are good, um, then have a little chat with the vet about maybe a change of diet, because it could be that whatever diet the dog 
pressure's on, they're producing a lot of gas in their tummy or there's a lot of fermentation. Um, and certainly you can try things like activated charcoal or charcoal tablets that you can get, but definitely speak to the vet first. Sometimes people think it's coming from the breath and it's coming from the ears, so make sure the ears are okay, that they're not too smelly or waxy or dirty. Make sure it's not coming from the coat. If, if dogs have chronic skin disease or, or greasy skin, it'll be a bit smelly and also not coming from the bum. So obviously if they're kind of passing wind from their bum, um, again, a lot of that time that's related to diet. So I would definitely just make sure that you've, you're, you're certain it's not the breath and it's, or it, it is the breath. Make sure certain it's not teeth and gums and then chat to the vet and do a little bit of maybe research online um, about maybe diets that are less likely to read, lead to kind of lots of burping um, and, and maybe look at act- activated charcoal is a good idea. Good advice there, Sinead. Now, here's one I certainly haven't seen before. I don't want to spay my bitch. Is there anything in the realm of birth control pills, says a listener? Okay, well, first of all, I would ask why they don't want to spay their bitch. Um, So there's a number of, there are reasons that we always promote uh, neutering. So number one, uh, population control, in that even if you do think you're managing to keep your dog under control and they can't get out twice a year, they will come into season and they they run the risk of of being mated and getting pregnant. And obviously we have a huge problem with unwanted um, dogs in in the country. So obviously a lot of people would say, well, look, I'm going to be responsible and keep my dog away from other dogs when they're in season so that's one thing the problem is that all the studies have shown that any female dog that has not been neutered uh, by the time they get to seven or eight they are really really high risk of developing um, a life-threatening condition called a pyometra which is a, a womb infection so essentially the way that the dog's hormones are because they just cycle every six months there's a long period where the womb is under the influence of progesterone so after year after year after year this kind of long cycle and lots of progesterone influence they're very very predisposed to a womb infection um, and that can make them very very sick um, and, and it can kill them and so a lot of time we would end up spaying unneutered females at seven or eight um, because they have a womb infection they're very very sick the other thing as well um, is that the more exposure to estrogen the same as with women so the more times they're coming into season they're getting multiple hits of estrogen on their mammary glands and their incidence of mammary tumours is higher and higher so there are lots of health benefits to neutering now a few years ago probably more than about 10 or 15 years ago there was a bit of interest in what this client is is probably talking about using hormones to try and stop the dog coming into season but really again the evidence is pretty conclusive now that using these different hormones you are in essence just causing more problems because any of the different hormones that are used to prevent a season happening to prevent those hormonal changes they themselves will promote um, or accelerate the chance of getting a womb infection or they'll accelerate the chance of getting mammary tumours. So unless the, the person particularly wants to breed from their dog, there are really no health benefits you know, really yes. to keeping the dog entire. Um, so, uh, you know, that, that is the one thing I would think about. Definitely if they want to breed, obviously think about it. But again, I would say be very careful and think about it. A lot of people think it's going to be great fun and little walk in the park and they'll breed a nice litter of puppies and everyone live happily ever after. Um, the reality is that a lot of dogs need help when they're having puppies. They might need a cesarean section, which can be very expensive. Um, you may not be able to get homes for all the puppies. 
Um, so definitely maybe go back to thinking, well, why do we not want to, 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 to neuter her? Um, if it's because you want to breed, well, why do you want to breed? And if you do, then lots and lots of research is required into that. If it's just that you don't want to spay her because you think it's an unnatural thing to do, I understand that. But the problem is that... Um, as I say, if they're unneutered and unbred, mm. um, you know, by the time they're seven or eight, they have this much higher trouble. incidence of the pyometra. Mm. And even if they're bred or not bred, mammary tumor incidences, which is like breast cancer in women, is, is massive. So, yes. you know, there are really huge, huge benefits to neutering, definitely. And it's certainly, if, if cost is an issue, it's much, much cheaper to neuter your dog as a young dog than to pay for um, surgery in a very sick dog for a pyometra or for removing mammary tumours yes. and things like that. Good stuff, Sinead. Um, I bought some flea powder, says a listener, for my dog some time ago. We now have a, a cat in the family. Can I use the same flea powder? Oh, no, 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 okay, no. right, so dogs and cats are totally different, so um, never ever think that a cat is a small dog, uh, cats are a totally different physiological mechanism when it comes to the toxicity of certain drugs and medications, so um, first of all, I'm kind of interested when the owner says they've got a flea powder, so flea powders would have been around a long time ago, probably when I was a child, and, and they've really been surpassed by what we call the top-on, the spot-on kind of yes. liquid preparations, or um, by, say, oral medication. So I would definitely say, yeah, flea control is really important, um, but you need to be species-specific with whatever you're using. So definitely do not use a dog product on a cat because you can kill them. Um, And again, I would have a chat with your vet or even just local large pet stores. The the staff are are very well trained on the different, um, you know, ectoparasiticides um, and just get advice on the best treatment. For some people, the oral medication that maybe last for three months are uh, are very popular. For others, they like putting the spot on. But definitely, definitely, you've got to make sure all the time that the, the preparation you're putting on your animal, if it's for a dog, that it's for the right weight of dog. So, um, and again, uh, cats are, are really just, they need their own specific meds. So, so please don't mix them up because you could have a real, a real problem on your hands. Sinead, got to leave it there today. Thank you so much. You are uh, the encyclopedia when it comes to answering our listeners' questions. Ah, you are. You're brilliant. We love you. We really do. And we thank you for joining us each month. You're a great help, I know, to people uh, with their pets. Thanks indeed. We'll talk to you next month. You're welcome. I'll chat soon, Jerry. Bye-bye. Yes, Sinead. Take care of yourself. Sinead Kelly there, our vet on late lunch this afternoon. Uh, just notice that Mary Quant has passed away. Do you know who Mary Quant is or what she did? Does Louise know who Mary Quant is? No, never heard of her in your life, did you not? Never. Well, I'll tell you who Mary Quant is. She was a fashion designer. She's 93 years of age and she passed away today, Louise. And you know oh. why we love her? Why? She invented the miniskirt. <laughs> Woohoo! That's why I never heard of her. We love you, Mary Quant. We do indeed. Yes. Why do you like wearing miniskirts, Jerry? Uh, I like looking at <laughs> ladies wearing miniskirts when they have the legs to justify them, I have to say. Absolutely. Poor Mary. Oh, she passed away today. She did us boys one of the greatest services in history.
<laughs> anyway, we remember her today on Late Lunch. I gave the tickets away yesterday for the Inspire Choral Group. They're appearing at the Headford Arms Hotel this Saturday. And what a show they have planned. From Broadway to Hollywood, songs from movies and musicals sung by a 40-piece choir. They're the Inspire Choral Group. And the woman inspiring everybody in the group, Nasa Olin, uh, is with me on the line. Hello, Nasa. Hi, Terry. How are you? I'm really, really good. Tell me about this group. Who are you, Inspire Choral Group? What's the history of it? So the history of Inspire is we started off about maybe 10 years ago. And there was about six or seven of us, all just friends that met up to do bits of singing for little events and cows and things like that, community events. And just really grew from there. It just kind of spiraled. More and more people joined us. And then as we got bigger and bigger, we said, let's try a competition and let's try and do bigger events and things. So now we're up to, we have 40 members and a lot of members are still the same that we had 10 years ago. And we've still new members coming along all the time. So, uh, yeah, we have 40 people. So they range from all ages, from, you know, 18, 19 at some point, And I won't say that the top. Oh, no, don't, don't. Mature, 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 mature. And, all ages. and, and is, is it ladies or a mix of ladies and gents? Mixed voice, mixed voice. Yes. So if there are any men listening that wish to join the choir, we are always looking for, for more men. We have about six or seven very hard working men in the choir at the moment. Right. They have a big, big job with trying to balance out with all the ladies. Isn't it great? Just think of it, boys. There's only six or seven of them there. The fun and all the ladies. And all the ladies there for you. Sure, look, that's an invite you just have to take up. Of course, you, as I said, are the woman directing them, the, the musical director. When you have a range of ages, a, a, ages, a range of voices and that as well, making that harmonise, bringing that together, is it a big challenge? You know, it can be sometimes, but it depends on it depends on the music, I suppose. Yeah. So we we always we always pick stuff that everyone everyone likes. There there might be only one or two things that everyone kind of grumbles about, but we pick stuff that we like. So when you like a piece of music, you'll find a way to make it work. Mm. And sometimes we we use stuff that is arranged by um, choir arrangers online, and sometimes I just make it up myself and. The choir have an input into it sometimes as well. This might work. Our accompanist, Gavin Murray, he's a very accomplished musician. So we all kind of put something into it. And, um, yeah, we make, we make a really nice yes. sound. Yeah, I know you do. I've heard about you and people love you when they go to see you and they're going to love you even more at the Headford Arms this Saturday because it is songs from movies and musicals. Now, there was a tough choice to try and narrow that down, I'm sure. Do you know, we could have done yeah. 10 or 20 shows with the amount of stuff that's out there. And even when you come, when people come to see the show, they'll be saying, oh, wow, I forgot about that one, or I forgot about that one. You didn't do this, you didn't do that. We have, we've literally pulled our favourites out of stuff that we've already done, and we've pulled kind of old and new Mm. from movies from back in the day, movies from recent movies. Um, Like we have things like um, from A Star Is Born, the new version of A Star Is Born we have. Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga's Shallow. Our our recent ones, we have Sister Act 1 and 2. Mm. And then we have Stand By Me, which is a movie from the 80s. So um, we've loads of different ones. The musicals then, so there's a million musicals that we could have chosen. Again, we tried to do some older musicals and then some of the brand new ones. 
we have Les Miserables, we have Hair, and then we have The Lion King, and my least favourite among them, Mamma Mia. Did you say your least favourite? My least favourite. Everyone loves Mamma Mia except me, I think. I'm going to play an ABBA song now. <laughs> <laughs> I know that. You know what? We've made it fun. We've got a great dance to it. Yeah. So people can expect loads of performance from the group. There's there's mm. dancing. There's even a bit of rap in one of them. So um, yeah, yeah it's, it's going to be it's, it's different. It's, it's going to be entertaining. Well, you know, I went to see Mama Mia the musical on Broadway a few moons ago, and I'll tell you this. What a show. And people, no one would sit down. You know what I mean? Sit down. You're not at all. The whole night, everybody up on their feet. But there you go. Anyway, we all love, of course, we do the music of ABBA. So on Saturday night, it's the past, it's the present. It's a lovely mix. There'll be something, can I say it, for everybody in the audience. There, yes, there really will be. So it's, it's um, the theme really is glitz and glamour and sequence and and we're hoping that the audience will, you know, get involved in the ones that they know and sing along and have a bit of fun with us. And sure, if you might get up out of their seats and have a bit of a dance. Why not? Absolutely. Now, in terms of performances and being in the public domain, do you do do you have a, a set programme through the year or does it just happen organically when a gig comes up or how do you work? Yeah, so it really does. We kind of decide per season what what do we want to do per season. Okay. And we kind of pick a couple of things, put it to the group and say, what would, how busy do you want to be? Mm. You know, so um, we did our Christmas show in Hedford House. Lovely. Um, in December. And after that, it was kind of like, what do we want to do? Do we want to do summer gigs? We did a couple of lovely gigs last year. Um, and we did a lovely summer gig in the Hedford Arms Hotel with Matthew Gilson. And um, we sang, we sang um, a few songs with him for his summer event. So we, we kind of decide how available people are going to be. Yes. And, no um, pressure. No pressure. Next, yeah. Our yeah. next event um, is Navin Choral Festival. Right. So that's, they haven't been able to do a competition for, for a while because of COVID. So we're, we're looking yeah. forward to getting back in the competition scene again. Ah, that's fantastic. Anyway, look, I uh, have to head off because news is on the way shortly. But look, I want to remind people again, the Headford Arms, what a night in store this Saturday night. Tickets are available on eventbrite.ie or from the hotel reception. You'll go home very happy, I'll tell you, when you're in the Headford and you'll be humming and singing and dancing down the road in Kells afterwards, I promise you. Wish you luck with it. Thank you for joining me, Nessa, today. Thank you, Terry. Thanks, Ken. Take care of yourself. Bye-bye. That's Nessa Olin there, musical director with the Inspire Choral Group. Now, I'm probably a little late coming to this. They're probably here already. I, I meant to mention it. I saw them in Rome uh, the week before last when I was there. What am I talking about? Swallows. Swallows in Rome. I saw them. I was delighted to see them. You know, late March. Uh, I'm sure they're in here. God help them if they've arrived the Swallows and the House Martins in particular. I was talking to a man in RD this morning and he told me the Swallows were back. There were probably House Martins he was talking about. They nest in his uh, outhouse every year and he saw them yesterday, a pair of them, and they were in and out. But in the cold weather, oh my God, they rely on uh, insect and fly life. But with this cold weather, I'd say they're in big bother. Any that have arrived so far. Anyone spot the Swallows, the Martins in your area? Uh, we get a report each year here on Late Lunch. Anyone 
see them yet, I'd love to hear from you. 086-1800-658. WhatsApp or text me if you've seen your Swallows or House Martins arrive already. Just tell me where you are if you've seen them, please. I love when they come back from Africa. It really is a sign of springtime and summer on the way. 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text if you'd spotted them. I meant to tell you, I'd seen them in Rome all right and they lifted me heart. Uh, they were up that far from Africa, but uh, Ireland, I'm sure that some of them come in late March anyway, but will they survive this weather? Well, only time will tell, that's for sure. It's uh, round about this time on late lunch to do this. Five, four, three, two, one. Counting down the top five songs from this week of yesteryear. And today it's the number two from this very week. In 1989. But let me tell you about this song. It was first released in September 1972. It was written by Kenny Gamble and Leon Huff and recorded by the Philadelphia soul musical group Harold Melvin and the Blue Notes. What a name. It went to number three in the USA when it was released back then. It was meant to be recorded by Patti LaBelle, remember her, but it didn't happen. And uh, she did record it later on in her career, but not the original version. But I think the biggest version of it, even though it it, it did make number one, this version I'm going to play for you today in 1989, it did make number one in the USA. But in our chart that we focus on, the UK charts, it only made it to number two, would you believe? Yes, this was its highest position in the UK charts. Yes, one people remember, I'm sure. It's Simply Red and their number two from this week in 1989. I think you all know me by now, don't you? Yeah, simply read there the number two from this very week in 1989. I'm going to bring you the uh, chart topper from this week tomorrow afternoon, round about this time on your late lunch. Thank you, Angela. You're so reliable. Yes, the Swallows Martins have arrived in Virginian County Cabin. I know they've touched down on Lock Arrow as well. Looking forward to heading there the weekend myself for the first, my first fishing of the year. Stretch the line the weekend and Lock Arrow. Ken and the crew will all be there. Jerry, etc. Looking forward to saying hello to everybody. And I just saw yesterday Muriel Fraser uh, posted uh, from Sligo that the Swallows had arrived in on Lock Arrow as well. Swallows us or uh, Martins, have you seen them? If you have, let me know. Anyway, we Virginia for sure. RD I mentioned a little bit earlier on. Have you spotted them at all? I wouldn't say there's too many in yet to be honest with you. 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text. Tell me where you are if you've spotted them so far this year. Final break of the afternoon on the way and afterwards. Well, I just don't know what's going to happen because Fred Cook is on late lunch. Oh, I'm delighted to say hello to one of our very good friends and as I say, I don't know where this is going to go. Fred Cook, how are you? Oh, Jerry, how are you? How are you keeping? I'm you keeping well? really, really well. Well, the big news from Fred, uh, l- tell them the family is about to grow. Oh, it is, yeah, we're going again. We're expecting a second now. So it's, uh, it's, 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 it's as much as a shock it is for me as it is for Julie. So <laughs> we're delighted. <laughs> is that Ted in the background there, number one? Yeah, we're on the, we're on the, uh, we're on the playground here in Dingle and he's stealing some other child's car. Baby car, so we're just trying to. I'm like the head of the UN here. I'm trying to be diplomatic here. Tensions can arise. 
Okay, hand it back. Not your land. I'm just thinking here, the CIA have an easier time minding Biden than you have looking after that child. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, Mary Robinson must have hung out with toddlers her whole life. She's amazing <laughs> with people. I don't know how she does it. <laughs> well, <laughs> may I say congratulations to Julie uh, and yourself, and Ted will be delighted when he has a new brother or sister. Isn't it just fantastic? When is the due date? Around August time, is it? Uh, it's August the twentieth at two o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> Very organised. This oh, one's very organised. You're the most specific man I ever met. That's for sure. <laughs> At least I know. I get the bus. I can get the bus in. Literally, it's fine. I'll get the half nine bus. Get a tea. You'll be there. It's all planned, even for August time. Listen, watch this. I've been reading about. Is there something up with your leg? You were on the six o'clock show recently. Were we in trouble with the leg? No, well, I, I hope not. <laughs> I saw people commenting. <laughs> somebody yeah. said, "Somebody said you hadn't a broken leg, had you?" No. No, but you know those seats are so low. It's like oh yes, yes. So whatever. And I'm just such. I can't. I can't put my legs straight. You know that's why I, I can't. I can't walk straight. And I, that's why I was such a good. That's why I was so, so good at breaststroke. And when I got to the, I was the second best breaststroker. Uh, under 12 in 1980 1991 because uh, I've got natural frog feet (laughs) that's the problem have you still the medals I do, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, very important, Fred. Always to hold on to them. Or oh, them, you know, them trophies they used to give you, them plastic imitation trophies. Oh, yeah. Oh, in the yeah, name yeah. of God, will you stop? <laughs> the house used to be full of them. Dust collectors, oh, my mother used to say. When I see, uh, when I see the Sam Maguire, all, all, all I think of is red lemonade being passed around the class. <laughs> so it was so big, <laughs> cleaning ourselves in it. <laughs> I'll tell you one thing, you should be glad of the red lemonade in me that the minute, that's for sure. That's going to be a while, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Maybe we should give them some of the key to the game. Just for their morale, give Paul Morork. Here, take this classic one. This is what you might have. It's the, the mocks. <laughs> <laughs> and, and while you're mentioning the school and the Sam Maguire, you were back in Eureka recently. I was, yeah. And I realised that no one knows me. <laughs> oh, no. I was going, oh, this is great now. I'm going back to Eureka and... Uh, no, it was great crack, and uh, it was lovely. Uh, so you had uh, like the transition years, and uh, it was just it's lovely to go back mm. and, and have the crack. And you know, I, I'm a lot of my old, uh, a lot of my teachers as well. Yes, are still so, there. Uh, was, uh, have they recovered from the trauma? <laughs> <laughs> it took me sometimes. Sometimes it takes a long time, but it took me. It took me over twenty years to look at my teachers and go, "I'm sorry, <laughs> I'm sorry." It was like, honestly, talk about 25 years after the Good Friday Agreement. It was emotional. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have done what I did, but I'm ready to move on. It was amazing. It was an amazing moment now in Eureka. Oh, my God. What a parallel with the uh, visit of Biden as well, to say that all these years on, he's made amends. Um, Now, you're coming to Navin, and I have to mention this, because you're coming to the wonderful Central this day week, which are right said Freddy show. It's under the uh, uh, guidance, of course, of the banner of the Navin Laughs people there. So that's the Central next week. Now, listen, you're in Navin. Will, will, Will You'll be all right in Navin, you know, with your Kells Association. You'll be okay, will you? Listen, if you've learned anything from the Good Friday Agreement, I love people from Navin and Kells. We've moved on. 
If there's money to be made, we'll we'll move on. <laughs> we'll get on with it. And uh, <laughs> no, I was actually trying to explain me. I tell you, this, I was trying to explain me to American tourists last week, and he ended up saying, "I grew up in the Middle East." <laughs> 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 they were like, oh my God, you're so brave. I was like, you're right, it's going to hell. I wonder if Joe Biden decided. it. <laughs> and tell us, you're just off the back of another very successful series with Tommy Tiernan on RTE. Yeah. I'm sure, um, you know, that's uh, coming back for a, a, another run. Hopefully, if he doesn't get the, I'm hoping now he doesn't get the late, late show, because that, that'll be me out of a job. Oh, I'm ringing them. I'm ringing them every day. Going, it wouldn't suit you, Tommy. <laughs> <laughs> what about me and you? Don't do it. Don't do it, Tommy. I'll tell you for nothing. If he gets the late late gig, you're in. You're in. You'll be there every Friday night. I can see it. My wife, my, 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 Julie said to me, wife, she goes, "Well, you could be like Frank McNamara playing the piano." <laughs> 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 Go back in the piano. Oh. I can't even so. I have to keep everything in the simple key. I'm like, could you keep that from the key of C? Thank you. Thanks for having me on the late late show. So, so do you think? Do you, is he in the running? Do you think he's in the running for the late? I don't late know. Game? I honestly, RT doesn't surprise me with anything. Yeah, but I've always been, I've always been shocked, but not surprised. Yes, with everything that happens in there, like so, yeah. uh, I couldn't tell you, like so. Well, we, you see, it's, it's funny because it's even, like, to talk about, you know, like, they're, they're cutting back as well, ironically, on jobs, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like, a new late day job. Like, there's people going to have to leave RT. Like, did you hear about the, the members of the RT orchestra? Did I tell you this one? No. That the people are going to lose their job, and no one knows who's going to go next. But I'd say the lad behind the triangle is shitting himself at the moment. Like, <laughs> <laughs> he's, like, he's, like, he's only five years away from a pension. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you one thing. You better call the CIA. CIA. That child is going mad there in the background. Is that is, is that your Oh, sorry. Is that your fella? I'm really irresponsible parent. Go. That's not my child. Jerry. Oh, oh, okay. That's all right. That's, that's all right. right. No, it is. It is unfortunately. So. Uh... <laughs> well, you could have said to me it wasn't. Anyway, we know no better because you're down in that playground in the other end of the country. Oh, sorry. Oh, come on, come on. Big Hewan. I don't think he understands the Rat Cairn Gale talk to, uh, lingo, to be honest with you, which you'd have a blast I'm a, of. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm, a chocolate, I'm a chocolate rice cake in my hand. This might sort it out. <laughs> so, uh, oh, yeah. Could you still hear me? I have you loud and clear. We have you loud and clear. If, if, there's, anyone, if there's anyone listening in and, you know, just... Enjoy not having a parent while you have. Enjoy not being a dad while you while you're not. Because it takes over. Listen, you need your pockets full of chocolates. That's all you need there, and that oh, sorts exactly, out yeah. any 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 situation. Listen, yeah. uh, it's great to catch up with you. Thank you so much. You always uh, bring fun and joy to the show when you join us. And I just want to remind listeners again: he is coming to Navin this night week in the okay, central. Get along and there's enjoy. Not too, there's not too many tickets. There's not too many, too many tickets left. So I'm delighted. Yeah. Let's sell it out. So sell it wait. out. Can't wait to come back to that. It will sell out, of course. Tickets from the central there, folks. Fred, mind yourself. Take care of that little man and hello to Julie. Slong of all. Bye-bye. 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 What a great man he is, isn't he? Fantastic. Fred Cook rounding off late lunch this Thursday afternoon. Eddie Caffrey's on his way with The Drive here on LMFM Radio. We'll be back tomorrow afternoon, Friday, 1.30, with the final show of the week. All we need is you. See you then. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors, Drahada, Dundalk and Cavan. Selling a little or a lot? 
Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Life's better with American Family Insurance. Because our home policies help protect your dreams and come with peace of mind. Save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote, find an agent at amfam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit Amfem.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.